You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So folks, here's how it works on this week's episode of the Paracast. I'm here in Arizona, in the United States. I have Chris Rutkowski, who's from Canada. I have our co-host Jay Randall Murphy, who's from Canada. Therefore, I am outnumbered. Well, we're going to dump our milk all over you just just for that. So I can't drink my coffee now? No, no, no. It's not allowed. Now, when we bring Chris on, of course, because he is portrayed being the merciless, we know there's a pop culture connection. And I was asking him about the Justice League, where they try to team up Superman, Batman, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, and The Flash, but not The Flash we know from television. Isn't that confusing? And you saw it. Did you feel as disappointed as I did? Yeah, I have to say I was a little underwhelmed by it. I'm looking forward a little bit more to the Aquaman story, uh, which I think is coming out uh, this year. So uh, maybe once that's been developed a little more, that uh, I'll uh, be a little more interested. Now, I forgot to mention Aquaman, and that guy is a big guy. Yeah. So... We don't want to miss him, but he was very good in Justice League. Of course, Wonder Woman was, and there's a Wonder Woman 84 coming out, but it's been postponed until 2020. To make matters more confusing, there's another DC Comics film coming out called Shazam. And if you haven't heard of Shazam, once upon a time years ago, it was called Captain Marvel, this character. And then over copyrights and everything, they turned it into the name that Billy Batson recites to become the world's mightiest mortal. So 15-year-old Billy Batson becomes Zachary Levi with muscles when he says Shazam. Right, and in the comics, Billy's sister also became Shazam. She could also say it. She was Mary Marvel originally. Mary Marvel, exactly, yeah. And to make matters more confusing here, among my acquaintances was the late Otto Binder, who was one of the key script writers for the Captain Marvel comics in the 40s and 50s, and he created Supergirl. So I'm partial to Supergirl as a result. The thing here is we're going to see now, as far as Justice League is concerned, Warner's apparently wanted to keep it to two hours. So it seemed to me as if I was occasionally missing parts of the film that should have been there, but they weren't. Well, I mean, uh, I would have even liked to have seen Martian Manhunter. I mean, we're talking UFOs, so you have to start including Martian Manhunter. And apparently there is a, a plan. I think, didn't Martian Manhunter show up in, in the Supergirl TV show or something like that? He's one of the main characters. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the more interesting characters. He's played by British actor David Harewood. Hmm. And he does a really nice job. And they also brought on... Carl Lumbly. And Carl was the cartoon version of Martian Manhunter on TV, and he played the Martian Manhunter's father in Supergirl. Cool. And of course, Supergirl and Superman are both also, by definition, aliens to Earth. So this is completely relevant to this discussion. It really is because this year, the fourth season of Supergirl, they're making a big deal of the fact that there are aliens on Earth. And there's a group of people associated with Lex Luthor who do not like aliens. 
and they cause them all sorts of grief. So we have, I'll give you a briefing, folks. It's worth watching. Linda Carter, the original Wonder Woman, plays the president who turns out to be an alien. They, <laughs> they expose her. We've got L- Lex Luthor's sister, Lena. We've got his mother, Lillian, which is, who was part of Cadmus, which is this anti-alien group. We have a brother and sister who worked originally with Lex Luthor. And this year, according to the producers of Supergirl, they will cast a Lex Luthor character. There will be Lex Luthor there. And they already have a Superman, Tyler Hoechlin, who was in Teen Wolf and did a lot of movies. He plays Superman better than Henry Cavill does. Not quite as overwhelmed with muscles, but I think the character is more like the Superman we like. Now they should have brought, just brought back what's his name from uh, Smallville, because that was an interesting series too. Right? No, I think he's a little bit older now, yeah. and that was one of the people they thought they'd bring on. But he's what in his forties now? Yeah, that's been a while now. It's hard to imagine that the you know this is already going back years now. <laughs> it's Tom Welling, by the way. Okay. 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 So he played, and his career hasn't done very much after that. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's done some stuff. He's a character in the TV show Lucifer, and he's done a few other things. But between 2011 and 2017, his career was toast, I think. Yeah. Really. And the person who played Lex Luthor on Smallville, I think his name is Michael Rosenbaum. He played the teenage Lex Luthor. Fans are now saying he should play Lex Luthor on Supergirl. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Right. He's, He's good at that. I think the one who played him in Justice League, I don't know. And then, of so course... Are, are, you, uh, are you Marvel or are you DC in terms of your, your, your leanings? I grew up with DC. Okay. And therefore, I'm sort of leaning to them. I just think they've screwed it up. And I think they should not have two separate universes. So why should we accept Ezra Klein as the Flash, a nerdy Flash, and Grant Gustin as Flash on TV? How does that happen? Or Henry Cavill as Superman in the movies and Tyler Hoechlin as Superman on TV. The same time, I understand if they're different generations, but simultaneously? Well, aren't they going to explain that in the Flash movie uh, that's coming? Where um, isn't it's following the comic book where Flash doesn't have powers and uh, it's discovered that he should have the powers. And uh, he enlists the help from somebody who should be Batman and Superman to set the timelines all straight. So, like you say, they've got these timelines all mixed up. And I I thought that the that the plot of the Flash movie that's uh, supposed to be coming is going to explain all that. Of course, now there are reports that Henry Cavill is no longer Superman. Right. And Ben Affleck, who I always want to call Affleck. So Ben (laughs) Affleck is no longer going to be batman right okay they're going to look for somebody else and i think part of it is that justice league didn't do as well as they expected or maybe the vision that Zack snyder came up with from the graphic comics was too grim which is one of the reasons why the movies possibly didn't do as well as they could and why fan feeling was mixed but then of course the very successful christopher nolan batman films were from the graphic novels too so i don't know yeah, although, I mean, I, there, there's a, a good a point there. I think uh, the DC doesn't have the fun aspect that the Marvel films uh, uh, started out with. And I think that's what's missing. 
Well, the key, of course, is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is a fabulous actor. And when he ad-libbed the line where he was doing a press conference at the end of the first film, and they say he ad-libbed this line where he looks at what he's going to say, which is, I'm not Iron Man. And instead he says, the truth is, I'm Iron Man. And that's how the film ended. Yeah. And that really made it. Yeah. And, and all the fun aspects. So, so DC has to work on that. Well, in the meantime, on TV, you're getting The Green Arrow. You're getting Batwoman, not Batgirl. You're getting Batwoman. You're getting The Flash. You're getting Superman, Supergirl, Lex Luthor. I'm superheroed out. Like, it's, it's too much. I started looking at other shows because it's just, it's just there's just too much of it. Yeah, I've been over oversaturated. Yeah, even the Marvel stuff. I mean, uh, uh, there's there's all these other series, um, Cloak and Dagger, and um, the the New Mutants and things like that. There's they're just spinning off into all sorts of things. I guess in preparation for the end of the Thanos uh, Infinity War saga, when they kill off some of the major characters. I thought so, uh, they sort of, they kind of sort of did that in the last film. We'll get into more of this. Actually, we'll get into UFOs and such. We'll drop the pop culture away. We have Chris Rutkowski. We have Jay Randall Murphy. We sometimes have Gene Steinberg here. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 44055. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 44055. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 44055. 
I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-318-1251. That's 800-318-1251. 800-318-1251. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Well, we have taken the echo that was created and produced by J. Randall Murphy, and we've called the producers of Supergirl because they really have a low budget. And we thought that we could use your echo effect, okay? <laughs> well, I'm waiting for the call. So, you know, whenever they, they ring me up here. Who are you going to call? I don't think they're <laughs> going to call you. You know, don't call them, they'll call you. But yeah. then you'll be too old to care. So, Chris, we're glad to have you back on. We always love to talk to you, not just about pop culture, primarily about UFOs and such. And... I guess the last big thing I heard was this New York Times story, the Washington Post story about the Pentagon UFO study last year, and it got people on national TV here. Have you folks north of the border been following that? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the the, the border's a little um, permeable, uh, so we do, you know, uh, follow everything that's that's been going around. There's no big wall yet, so that's 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 good. The you borders know, are porous, then. They are porous at this point. However, they're a little less porous right now because I don't know if you heard, but uh, last week, uh, not that long ago, on October 17th, something happened in Canada that changed some of the border questions that people get. And that is that cannabis became legal in all of Canada. And so now when you're entering the United States from Canada, you're asked some interesting questions such as, you know, 
have you smoked or ingested cannabis recently? And uh, uh, even people who uh, work for firms that invest heavily in cannabis are finding that they're having trouble getting into the borders some, uh, sometimes. So that has changed things. And I have already been asked by uh, a number of media outlets if the number of UFO sightings in Canada has increased dramatically since cannabis became legal. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. And and has it or has uh, it not? No, no, no. <laughs> No, in fact, uh, we're chugging along right at uh, regular rates. You know, we have somewhere around 1,000 reports are filed in Canada every year. And that works out to, let's say, three a day. And uh, I think we're, we're you know, like, I think the day after cannabis was legalized, we had two. And then the day after that, we did have three and then another two. So we're, we are, you know, just, just chugging along as if nothing has changed. So, so the answer to the question, you know, did cannabis do that? No, no, we're, we're, I think people are, are still just maintaining an even keel. Sure. There's just as many reports of, of UFOs and aliens. It's just that now they're uh, smoking a reefer too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And my understanding is that in Colorado, there was no particular change in paranormal events either. No, and you can even look at Uruguay. Um, Uruguay is the other industrialized country that uh, has legalized cannabis, and it was a number of years ago. And, you know, we just don't hear a lot about UFO reports coming out of Uruguay. So, um, uh, you know, I'd have to say that the effect is really minimal. Well, marijuana is not a hallucinogenic anyway. I mean, why would people see more just because they have a toke or two? Exactly. That's a that's a good question. You know, the there's a lot of assumptions that are being made about it uh, that, you know, are, are really misdirected. So, you know, we don't have that uh, that effect very noticeable. But, you know, we as I say, we're still getting reports quite a bit. We're going to be starting um, over the next little while working on the database for the uh, 2018 Canadian UFO survey, which marks the 30th year that we've been doing this. It's hard to imagine that we've been at the Canadian UFO survey for 30 years. And, uh, you know, going back to Gene's question about the Pentagon uh, looking into UFOs, you know, we've had congressional inquiries into UFOs, not us, not Canada, but the United States. And uh, not much has come from them that it was, you know, uh, the, the, if you read through the congressional hearings from the House committee, it, it's interesting. And there's been some interesting material presented, but uh, nothing really came out of it of any significance. So the fact that the Pentagon will you know, once again be looking into the subject of UFOs is, is I suppose, interesting. But uh, I suspect that Congress has a few other things on uh, on their mind of a little more importance. So I don't see this being truly world sh shattering. Um, and in Canada here, I've just been going through some older documents where UFOs were uh, raised as a topic in the House of Commons debates, something like 25 or 30 times over the past uh, 50 years. It's something. It's a topic that uh, continually interests people, and members of the uh, the House of Commons and members of Parliament, from time to time, will ask about a, a particular case or refer to a particular sighting that was in a particular writing. And uh, you know, it, whether there's a government investigation or not, that at least it's being discussed. And one could say that maybe this is disclosure, but it's not disclosure because it's standard parliamentary procedure, and it's been going on forever. And I don't see any particularly new revelations. 
about any of this stuff, particularly the Pentagon UFO study that we've heard about here in the lower 48 or whatever they call us now, where Mm -hmm. nothing new. We have what gun camera photo that looks as blurry as anything else. Nothing particularly new. We haven't learned anything new. Certainly when the New York Times and the Washington Post published serious articles about UFOs and Fox News, at least Tucker Carlson Mm -hmm. does something serious about UFOs. And Tucker Carlson, I think, believes in them. I think that's the one thing he really believes in. And he'll really attack people with other points of view and he'll interrupt them and everything. But he brings on a UFO person. He lets them talk. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon does that too, doesn't he? I think he he brings. Didn't he have that interview with Hillary Clinton or or somebody that yes and went on for quite some time? Right, and they are not UFOs, according no. to Hillary Clinton. No, no, there's something else. UAPs, I think. Right. Yeah, and she knew she, that. She knew that. I mean, she gets briefed by. Uh, she has a, a pretty good uh, team uh, briefing her on all this stuff to keep her apprised. So. That's not bad. All she needed was John Podesta, who is interested in UFOs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, government people on both sides uh, are, are certainly uh, interested in their own uh, in their own writings and for whatever reasons. And we keep, like you say, we keep being promised, you know, interesting things and revelations. And I, I you know, even I got for six months now, I've been hearing about a tsunami of information that'll you know, overwhelm the disbelievers and the skeptics and debunkers. And uh, it's uh, it's still pretty dry. So uh, uh, it remains to be seen. I, I, I'd be most interested to see what is eventually presented. I think the potential is there. Um, but, um, you know, a couple of uh, gun camera photos and test. I mean, the testimony from pilots like Kevin Day and people like that are are, are is interesting. But we've had testimony from pilots before we've had testimony from military observers there's you know government documents galore regarding uh you know detailed sightings of ufos by military personnel so you know there's there's nothing truly um earth shattering in in all of this sort of stuff i mean there's the potential but we just are are awaiting further information We've got okay. Chris Witkowski and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. When you use public Wi-Fi, hackers and identity thieves can see anything you do online. Embarrassing photos, your web history, even your passwords. That's why I use private internet access to encrypt my internet connection for less than 10 cents a day. Sign up now at privateinternetaccess.com and in just a few minutes, you'll be browsing anonymously and only sharing what you want to share. Privateinternetaccess.com. It's time to protect your online privacy. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. 
danpilla.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. Vigils are being held for the victims of a mass shooting in a Pittsburgh synagogue. Eleven people were killed and six people were injured when officials say 48-year-old Robert Bowers walked into the Tree of Life synagogue and opened fire. They say he had an assault rifle and three handguns with him. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf. We simply cannot accept this violence as a normal part of American life. These senseless acts of violence are not who we are as Pennsylvanians. They're not who we are as Americans. President Trump says things might have been different if the synagogue had had some kind of protection from an armed guard. He says all churches should have that type of protection. You're listening to USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. Many people write us about their experience with Extendivite. Allow me to read you a few from Amazon.com. By Mel. Great product. My husband and father-in-law use it regularly. Both my husband and father-in-law have had significant change in their blood pressure and overall health. By Amazon customer. It works for me. Return to buy the tincture and the capsules as they were on sale during February. Unlike some other products, this one worked for blood pressure and occasional irregular heartbeat. Extendivite produced noticeable results after just two bottles. A four-month supply. I take Extendivite three times a day, every day. I think the supplement has helped with my increased fitness regime and to lower my blood pressure. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. Call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We've been infiltrated by Ming the Merciless. Yes. We're in trouble now. Randall, you had a question. Right, yeah, I was asking Chris, uh, started to ask Chris just before the break there, where do your reports come in from? Do you get any from the government at all? Uh, yeah, I do get uh, reports from Transport Canada. Through uh, There's a few that come in through NORAD. Uh, we continually get 
uh, reports from everywhere. And that, that's what makes the Canadian UFO survey relatively unique, that we get reports from the average citizen, from uh, UFO organizations, uh, through online sources like New Fork and, and uh, MUFON and so forth. But we do get a, a really good cross-section of, of uh, things reported officially and, uh, and uh, unofficially, I suppose. And it's, you know, it's actually getting harder and harder to collect the reports because the, the main organization, I guess there's, only, there's really only one main or, or UFO organization now as an organization, MUFON, and they actually tend to issue their own um, uh, statistical summaries. But, you know, last year, more than half of the UFO reports that were um, reported in Canada didn't, didn't come through. Uh, move on. They came through other organizations, smaller organizations, personal sightings reported directly to UFO researchers from one end of the country to the other. There are reports coming in through YouTube on Facebook posts and on Twitter. Uh, some Instagram, I think, uh, uh, might be coming in this year, too. So people are reporting them in the most convenient way. I mean, there's apps you can get on your phone that report to a number of agencies and organizations, and some of them are, uh, are accessible and some of them aren't. So, you know, people are seeing things, and we know that there still are only about 10% of all UFO reports, uh, or sorry, 10% of all UFO sightings are actually reported. Uh, and I was just doing some statistical calculations today in the Facebook group on, on uh, UFO updates. And we know that 10% of the North American population believe that they've seen UFOs. The Mer North American population total is around 500 million people. So that's Canada, United States, and Mexico. If 10% believe they've seen UFOs, that's 50 million UFO reports. And we don't have 50 million UFO reports in any database. Uh, the, and you can actually argue this in another way, in that uh, only 10% of all sightings get reported. So you can argue that there's, you know, again, 10 times as many. So 500 million UFO reports in North America, uh, that most of which we simply have not heard about. And how do we find that information? I mean, what if? There's two or three of that 500 million that are really, really good cases that that will offer substantial information and and uh, are well investigated and the witnesses are top notch and they occurred over military bases or you can rattle off as many factors as you want. If we don't hear about them, they don't add anything to the information about the UFO phenomenon, and uh, you know that's a problem. So I think it's important to try and cast the nets as wide as we can, uh, try and investigate and hear more about uh, as many cases as possible. But it's, a, it's quite a challenge. It really is uh, very difficult at this time. Have you got a couple of really good cases you can share with us? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's uh, some really interesting cases. Um, there was one, there's a note here. I just have a bunch of files in front of me. So what do you do when... Um, UFO investigators are the witnesses. I have done a little bit of traveling uh, this year. I uh, just got back from uh, British Columbia, where was, uh, I was involved in um, filming for a uh, documentary about UFOs. And um, just a few months earlier, I was in Shag Harbor, the other side of the country in a different ocean <laughs> in Nova Scotia. Uh, at the Shag Harbor UFO conference. It was the uh, 51st anniversary of the Shag Harbor uh, UFO crash. 
And that story in itself is interesting. But one of the primary investigators is Chris Stiles, and uh, you've probably seen him on on, on TV shows. Um, he and a number of other individuals, um, I think, um, what's his name? Uh, Graham, let's see, Rodney Ross. I'm just looking through my files here. Well, anyways, Chris Stiles is, is the main investigator of the of the uh, Shag Harbor case, which happened in 1967. But on September 15th, he and a number of people were on the beach uh, doing some uh, just visual observations of the sky, and they saw um, a spherical translucent object fly from the ocean over top overhead from them and fly out the sea again. And uh, it was well witnessed. You know, they're saying, you know, we never thought that we would actually see something. We, we, we talk all the time to people who have seen UFOs, but we ourselves never thought we'd ever see anything. And, uh, you know, nobody had a camera that was handy, uh, but somebody did actually have a, a video um, in the community uh, that took a, a short uh, clip of something moving in the sky and made it available. And they say that's what it was. So, you know, there's one interesting case, and it's just over the past uh, number of weeks that this came, that this happened and uh, was reported and investigated. So there are some interesting cases out there that are well-witnessed and uh, well-recorded. It would be pretty difficult to explain something like that as a natural phenomenon, don't you think? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there certainly are some possibilities uh, involving, you know, drones and balloons and things like that. And they're, they're trying to uh, eliminate all those possibilities before they uh, make their own judgments. But, you know, they said this is something that they definitely did see. And, uh, you know, very often we'll get r- reports from uh, people who will say that they've, they've seen something unusual and it does turn out to be stars and planets and planes and drones and balloons and, and so forth. So it's just a matter of investigating and eliminating the possibility. It's ufology at at its best, and you know we try to do best practice is a is a detective uh, exercise. It's a it's an exercise in in uh, in detective work, now, trying to understand what really happened, what really was seen based on the clues, based on the evidence. Because UFO investigators don't investigate UFOs. You investigate UFO reports often long after the the fact. I mean, I received a case, a report to, today of a UFO that was seen in January, and that's virtually impossible to investigate um, because uh, the the you know the time that's passed, the details of the witness's memory, the direction, you know, flight records, and it's it's really really tough. So. Even investigating something that happened a week ago poses challenges, but things that happened uh, weeks or months or years ago, that's really, really tough. And it it's, you know, really is, uh, is challenging to try and piece the puzzle pieces together. And it's not like we have a lot of money to just fly around. You know, if we get a report, Canada is a huge country to fly off thousands of miles to interview some witnesses we just don't have those kinds of resources to do absolutely. that absolutely and um you know we you know we veer into pop culture again because we know that um project ufo project blue book tv show is starting i think in january um with uh, uh what little finger is playing uh J- joe uh, joe Heineck. so in the Project UFO, the original TV show, which I just was able to to get a, a, a copy of the whole series, 
you know, there's unlimited resources and these Air Force officers fly everywhere. And and in on the X-Files, you know, Mulder and Scully can dash here and dash there with unlimited FBI funding uh, to investigate. But, you know, uh, UFO investigation is a, a little more, I don't know, more reserved <laughs> than that. Well, um, certainly for us civilians, it is. I mean, yeah. I, I think that the Department of Defense, especially in the United States, probably is investigating them and has a lot more resources than we do. Um, it, it was known that even with Project Blue Book, Ruppelt had access to jets, and he it writes how he would fly from base to base if they if he needed to interview someone. Let's break it here. We have Gene Randall and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hpextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hpextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. 
Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We promote the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse and invite you to try them today by visiting GCNLife.com. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Jeunesse products have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So, Captain Ruppelt, as we know, had access to jets, mm-hmm. 1950-style jets. You were saying, Randall, what you were saying? Right. But even us in the civilian sector today, we just don't have those kinds of resources. I mean, unless we get some multimillionaire coming forwards who wants to to uh, take part in it. Well, Bigelow kind of did that. I mean, uh, Robert Bigelow actually contacted me, or I guess his his uh, executive assistant contacted me, and I did talk with, uh, did meet up with Bigelow. I mean, you, you know, he wanted to be, have access um, with a jump team, uh, effectively, to investigate the best cases. And uh, he had a standing request to me and a, a number of other individuals to uh, be notified as, some, as soon as you get a really good case that had potential evidence to send people out there and investigate. Nothing like that came along, <laughs> unfortunately. So uh, I, I never did uh, have the opportunity to uh, notify any jump team about it. But, you know, such teams really did exist. Uh, I mean, Ruppel himself dashed here and there, but there's some great stories about how the, the uh, UFO investigator who was appointed at various air bases across the United States was usually a, you know, a thankless job who ended up doing more paperwork than anything else and usually didn't have much training and tried to fill out the forms as much as possible and would only notify the headquarters when something interesting came along. And as we've learned since Blue Book, only the, the uh, blasé cases were investigated. The really good cases uh, were sent someplace else and we still don't know where that was. Um, one of the documents that we've found here in Canada very clearly proved that there was a team, sort of an X-Files or a, a Mulder and Scully team. Uh, there was a case in 1967 in Rivers, Manitoba, where um, a UFO was seen by a number of military personnel. A loud noise was heard, lights were seen in the sky, uh, military um, uh, personnel was driving with his girlfriend on a gravel road 
and this light swooped down over the car and hovered over the car for a while and he had his hand out the um the window and his hand became warm because of the light, the heat coming from this thing uh he uh, got back to base and reported it the car was impounded and examined by the uh the the uh head of the motor pool and found uh some strange looking dust and uh, paint was bubbling and, and the whole sort of thing. And we actually found a, a document uh, in the National Archives in handwritten uh, note to the effect that headquarters, training headquarters, immediately dispatched its team uh, from, uh, from the training headquarters uh, base, which was some distance away. And the, this whole incident took place about one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Uh, they were dispatched and left uh, training command headquarters at something like, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning, and it was a four-hour drive to to uh, to get to this uh, river's base, uh, and the, you know, listed the personnel um, who were part of this team, uh, and and how long it took them to get there, and what they found, and some of the analysis that was done. So you know, there was a team that was awakened in the middle of the night and said, "You go investigate." So we have documentation that this actually did happen, uh, and it's fascinating to read because uh, you know we know most of uh, what we hear about this is general speculation. But uh, the fact that we can say it, no, no, it definitely really did happen, lends one to think that uh, maybe there is something like that still in existence today. But we have no documentation that it does. And if no one had come forward about this uh, advanced uh, aerial threat identification program that was going on down in the states we probably still wouldn't know about it yeah i mean that's one of the good things that that came out of this uh the, the ttsa stuff is that you know we found that such a um an exercise really did exist i mean we've known that that bigelow got the money and was doing this this project up until whatever like 2007 or something like that so we do know that uh, for you know a few years uh, there was an investigation program going on and the question is that a lot of UFO investigators and researchers want to know is, is it still going on? And more to the point, just knowing that this, this uh, AATIP or AAWSA or whatever you want to call it existed um, doesn't really help us. What we want to know is what did they investigate? Where's the list of reports uh, and cases that were studied? I mean, we have Blue Book available uh, now on you know originally on microfilm and now uh, it's available mostly online and you can look through the lists of all the cases every month month by month by by month through the entire existence of blue book to see what was investigated and how uh, you know all the detail that was done so uh, we we'd like to see something like that from this organization and i know people are filing access to information requests, freedom of information requests like crazy, but they're not getting anything. So uh, until we get something like that, uh, we're really stymied. And uh, it's very frustrating from people who want to know a little bit more about what's going on. How much more do you think there is to know from the, the government? I mean, from our perspective, having been in the field for as long as we have, um, I think it's fair to say, well, at least for myself, that ufos alien craft exist they've been seen they've been chased by jets they've been tracked on radar there's just no question in my mind 
that they're real, or at least that they have been here. I'm not sure about at this very moment, but anyone who takes the time to study it can figure this out for themselves, even if they haven't seen one. So how much more do we really need? Well, I would argue that we need a a great deal more. Uh, I mean, we don't have, I mean, we do have the, like I said, we need the list of what was investigated and what was done with the millions of dollars uh, for the uh, the program. I mean, I, I like it nice to know what was studied. Um, or was it just a research exercise where they you know went through libraries and gathered documents or something like that? Were, were they actually investigating? That would be nice because I, I share the the belief that there's a real UFO phenomenon out there. Um, I don't see the 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 real um, I don't know the 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 tangible proof. I, I tend to be the the doubting Thomas, but I, I don't see the the absolute proof that uh, the aliens are responsible for a lot of the UFO reports. You have to understand, I now have 20,000 UFO reports um, from Canada uh, during the past 30 years, and that doesn't include the ones that fell outside the uh, the survey investigations. And not one of those reports proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that aliens uh, are here. They're but, interesting. Uh- I guess that depends on how you define proof, though. I mean, if we're if we're talking about scientifically verifiable material evidence, mm-hmm. then then that's one thing, right? But if you're talking about how many millions of people have seen them, and out of those, how many are credible, and out of those, how many are officials and have been acting in some official capacity, as in um, being in the Department of Defense chasing them because they've been reported on radar and they see them they lock on with their radar you have a a ground-based radar also verifying that it's there Mm -hmm. i mean that should be good enough when we have enough of those cases and we've had those cases going on since the 50s uh yeah uh, although you know when you start looking at the details of the cases they're not as solid as you might think. I mean, I'm looking forward to um, details on the uh, the Tic Tac and the the gimbal and and those types of things that that you know seem to go with the reports from Kevin Day and a few others. Um, you know, at this point, it's still possible that these were you know some sort of military exercise, not alien craft. Um, but until we get the detailed analysis. Um, we we simply can't say yes, absolutely. These are the the aliens, and and you know if you go back looking at Falcon Bridge and uh, a lot of the other cases, you know where you have radar sightings and and visual sightings uh, that combined together, uh, those are some really fascinating cases. Do they prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that aliens are here? Not necessarily. It proves that there's something strange going on. Um, absolutely, but. Uh, can you make any deductions based on, uh, you know, the the reports themselves, the characteristics of the, you know, people are saying, you know, the these are definitely from one planet or another, or, uh, you know, we know what the propulsion is. Well, we don't know what the propulsion is. We don't know what planet these these things are from. We don't know anything about the purported aliens unless you, you know, want to believe everything that contactees say. Uh, right. And I'm, not, and I'm not prepared to do that. Guys, you should. Break time. <laughs> We'll get back with more of this, and I have a few questions to ask also. Chris Rutkowski, J. Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg, you're in the Paracast. 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. Uh, January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Uh, Then my real health began going downhill. I had high blood pressure, diabetes, poor vision. I wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking heart and body extract from within a few days. I started sleeping better. My blood pressure normalized. My diabetes normalized. My sleep improved. Experience these benefits and more when your body heals itself with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. And folks, I did not expect this at all. By the seventh, eighth, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract. Heart and body extract comes with a 100% ironclad money back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Chris, it was broached there before, and it's something that's fascinated me. What proportion of UFO sightings do you think? are really test aircraft of some sort? Oh, that's a good question. Well, we know out of the 20,000 cases that we have that we're only looking at a small percentage that uh, are, are residual unexplains. And that probably is like one, two, three percent, something like that. And of those, are, is it possible that some are test aircraft? Now, I know that when I was working for the Nas- for the Department of National Defense in Canada, um, I didn't have a very high security clearance, but I did have access to some stuff that showed that you know, there were some tests being done uh, over Canadian soil that you know could have been uh, you know p- things that could be misinterpreted as UFOs. No question of that. And there's great anecdotal stories about how cruise missiles were tested over Canada in the in the Arctic and things like that, because the presumption was nobody's going to see them and, uh, you know, who's going to care. So, you know, the, we do know that things are tested all the time. Uh, the pumpkin seed aircraft was tested out of Groom Lake uh, many, many years before stealth was uh, even talked about. Um, I suspect that, you know, some are. I know there was a a, a claim by some people 
numbers of, of years ago that said that the CIA tests of various aircraft explained a, a lot of uh, UFO reports. Well, I, I don't think that's true. I don't think a lot could be explained. I think some could be explained. Uh, in one of the one of the documents that I found. And there's actually photographs that we found as well. Um, a U-2 crashed uh, and had to make an emergency landing in Canada. This was about the same year, I think about 1960, probably same year as Francis Gary Powers, which everybody heard about. But you never heard about the UFO that crashed in, uh, the sorry, the U-2 that crashed in Saskatchewan. Um, and, uh, I mean, they, they were flying the U-2 all over the place. And uh, could that have been, uh, you know, misinterpreted as a UFO? Probably. And those are just the things that we know about. So I suspect there's a lot of military activity that could be misinterpreted uh, as UFOs and reported as UFOs. But the fact that we can explain uh, a lot of UFO reports without invoking military act uh, aircraft or test satellites or, or whatever shows that uh, it's, it's not really as much as, as, uh, as you might think. So I, I wouldn't be at all surprised that uh that some are are, are ufos but uh i don't see a lot of military aircraft and, and vehicles explained as ufos yeah we had the uh the sr-71 of course that was uh but most of those type of reports turned out to be radar reports in other words that they'd come in from a radar operator nobody actually saw them they just saw this incredibly fast uh, track coming in and had no way to explain it because of course it was on a secret mission yeah yeah and i know um the uh robertson um briefing not the robertson panel but the robertson briefing the one from canada listed uh i think six cases which were listed as unexplained by uh, uh national defense and one of them was a series of radar reports from milner ridge and the radar operators, there's statements from the radar operators that said, we checked our equipment, we checked everything, um, you know, uh, and there was definitely something that was flying overhead at ridiculous speeds and went through several sweeps and, and so forth. And uh, we have no idea what these things were. That was in the, the National Defense Report. So we, we know that there are things flying over there. Now, would that have been an American test vehicle? Maybe, but, you know, in the military, you would have thought that there would have been some notice, you know, and sharing of information between Canada and the United States. Although, you know, we do have the history of the uh, Skyhook balloon uh, that was being operated by the U.S. Navy that Thomas Mantell was sent up to uh, the chase and he eventually died because the U.S. Navy was not sharing information with the United States Air Force. You know, compartmentalization of information might explain some of what's going on. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, there are some fascinating cases of, of things buzzing airfields and, and, you know, in the case of the Nimitz and, and other ships, uh, something zipping along. So are they incursions by military tests or something else? Until we get the information, I, I don't think we can say, you know, uh, for sure that it's alien. Right. I, but I think we can say that some of them are, but we don't know which ones. Well, yeah, and some people say if one is, then that's enough. Uh, I, I think that's true. If if one of these can be shown, you know, that would be great. But you tell me which one. That's the trick, isn't it? Yeah, is, exactly. You know, it's, I'm uh, an unashamed believer. I've seen one myself, 
there is no way that this thing could have been produced by our technology mm-hmm. from what I've been able to ascertain just through study and looking at what is possible aerodynamically. So, okay, I can't prove it. How many other witnesses are out there? I can't be the only one who's seen one of these things. I would have to be completely egotistical to think I'm the only person in the world who's actually seen one. Therefore, from my perspective, some of these other people must also be telling the truth. And I think they're educated enough to know the difference. But I guess going back to my original question is, well, okay, so we have those kind of reports, and then we have these other ones of of very exotic aircraft and black projects, two entirely separate things. I wonder if the powers that be that know more about the alien craft really know all that much more than we do. Like Uh, where they come from, like you were saying, okay, maybe they come from another planet, but I wonder if even they know that. I agree. And the assumption there is that, you know, the Air Force or or CIA or whatever must know more about what's going on. And what we found from reading through the documentation that's available through Blue Book and and, and in Canadian archives and other, other archives from around the world is that it doesn't look like the the military really knew what was going on in fact they were uh, often uh, being very deceptive in what they were releasing to the public because they didn't want to give the impression that they didn't know what was going on uh in the sense that you know well if the military if uh, the uh, head of the air force uh was to come out um, on tv and say you know their ufos are are flying over our skies and we have no idea what they are and what's powering them and what's behind them. I mean, you don't want to hear that. What you want to hear is, we know what's going on. Uh, we're handling it. Uh, you can trust us, which you can't or, or whatever. But, um, uh, you know, to, to admit that they don't know what's going on uh, would be very, very bad in terms of PR. So instead, they go through a, some sort of military PR campaign to discredit and to explain away and in any way, even uh, Alan Hynek was talking about uh, how he was being urged to explain things as much as possible, uh, even cases that weren't explainable, uh, because he was under pressure from the Air Force. Uh, You just have to explain all these things. You can't leave these unknowns around because it gives the impression that the Air Force isn't in control and you can't do that. Well, of course, the Robertson panel, too, they had the recommendations that it just wasn't good for national security because it had the potential to clog up uh, the lines of communication. So they really didn't want everybody out there uh, in a, you know, having a flying saucer UFO fever, so to speak. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, because, you know, UFOs are, if a UFO is seen, though, the assumption is that you know that that argument is that people will you know jam the phone lines and so forth. Well, there have been experiments, and again, I, I refer to the Canadian ones because we know those uh, so much better. Where um, a uh, a lighted balloon uh, was sent over a um, a football stadium, and I'm, I'm trying to remember was this sixty six, sixty eight, something like that. Um, to see whether people would, you know, freak out and report UFOs were flying over the football stadium. Before our advertisers freak out. And I freak out. 
Chris, Gene, Randall, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken? It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. Let's talk tough. Let's talk comfort. Let's talk about down-home value. Made in the USA blue jeans like you wore as a kid. Remember? There's a place down in Tennessee Where they make blue diamond gusset jeans They so pride in every stitch Guarantee you love the way they fit Put a diamond gusset in the crotch Where you need it most Blue diamond gusset's got it Others don't For good old-fashioned comfort, get diamond gusset jeans Every stitch guaranteed And our Defender motorcycle jean comes Kevlar reinforced See them at GUSSET.com That's gusset.com Or call 888-848-7738 That's 888-848-7738 Diamond gusset jeans got it Others don't Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. 
In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. No more freakouts. Chris Fritkowski is with us. I'm Gene. He's Randall. Chris, go ahead, please. Yeah, I was referring to an experiment where the military sent a, uh, a, a, a UFO, a fake UFO, over a football stadium during a game uh, when the stadium was packed with thousands of people to see what would happen, and nobody reported seeing it. Would it really happen that phone lines would be jammed where there would be this, this terrible, you know, overwhelming amount of uh, reaction to UFOs if they were seen and, and allowed to be reported? I'm not sure. You know, we're living in the Steven Spielberg generation right now where, you know, we started talking about pop culture. We're used to seeing aliens on TV all the time. It's no big deal. Uh, Spaceships traveling between the stars. We've had Star Trek, Star Wars, and so forth. Uh, Again, no big deal. So we were visualizing or able to visualize through special effects what an encounter with aliens would look like. Uh, and I'll, you know, a lot of people are probably l- less interested than uh, than one w- might think, because we would expect certainly much more. There's a great cartoon by uh, a British cartoonist. A flying saucer comes down, and out comes uh, a bunch of aliens. But all the aliens are dressed in uh, three-piece suits, uh, bowler hats, and carrying briefcases. And uh, the the uh, people who are witnessing this said, "You know, I really expected something else from these guys." <laughs> yeah, well, the Robins, Robertson panel was back in the '50s, and I think we've come a long way since then. It's probably our fiction. You, you know, you guys are really riffing on the um, pop culture of. Some of the superhero stuff, the stuff that we see on the big screen today is probably far more spectacular than what the reality is of whatever these alien craft are. We're not entirely sure where they come from, exactly how they're made and so on, but they're almost boring in comparison. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, that's true. Although, you know, some cases deserve some a little more attention. I mean, uh, Walton, Travis Walton's case, fascinating case. Uh, you know, he's doing the lecture circuit uh, now, too, and he'd been, you know, hadn't been around for some time. And when the movie Fire in the Sky came out, I was with, a, a, I think I was, might have even been president of the local science fiction society at the time and uh, was also involved in UFO investigation. So I got a, an invite with my group to the premiere of Fire in the Sky. Uh, we all went to it, and then uh, we were given an exit poll on the way out, and we panned it. We, you know, we said, you know, it was an interesting story, but then the ending really, really sucked because it didn't follow 
the testimony by Walton at all. Um, it sort of veered off in all these giant slime pods and things like that that weren't part of the original story. I mean, they had everything right up until then, until he woke up in the, on the spaceship. And, you know, the story is so fantastic. It didn't need any embellishment, um, but Hollywood Hollywoodized it. And so we gave it a, uh, I, I wrote a, a scathing review. A couple of days later, Mark Rodiger, or it might have been Jerry Clark, actually, of QFOS contacted me saying he got a, a call from somebody in Hollywood who wanted to know who wrote the bad review of uh, the film. And because and, uh, they had heard this Chris Rakowski guy was from Canada and that he have a contact information for me. And so he gave them my phone number and I had a phone call from Tracy Torme himself. And. Tracy said, you know, he was he was beside himself. He says, why did you write such a bad review? We worked so hard. We, you know, we, we you know, went into such great detail to recreate everything. And we rewrote the script and, you know, we did so much. And I said, well, you know, the ending sucked. And, and we argued for about an hour. And by the end of the hour, he was agreeing with me. Yeah, yeah, we had to rewrite because... You know, Close Encounters had just come out, and the, the aliens looked like, you know, the standard aliens. And, you know, the, the producer wanted something different, so we turned the aliens to something completely different and rewrote the ending. You know, because it was boring. People had already seen E.T. and Close Encounters and, and a few others. When Fire in the Sky came out, well, you can't have the same aliens. You have to have something original. I, you know, I'm wondering how much... You know, embellishment uh, there will be going on in the future when people are trying to explain or portray alien invasions when, you know, maybe it's a, you know, um, a little more benign. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to speculate. What the witnesses are reporting are pretty fantastic in terms of our actual real lived experience. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. But let's say maybe what you think of this idea that the that the Department of Defense, if, if say, if we know they're real, well, they must know they're real too. Now, that means that they've got all the detection equipment. They've got the F-15s to try to chase them and take pictures. They've got satellites that are in orbit out past the moon that can monitor all of this stuff. We've, we're talking about billions of dollars of monitoring equipment. But the average citizen doesn't have access to that because it's secret. Now, if they start telling us all about what they know, people are going to start asking questions. How do they know that? Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be saying, well, that's classified because the same types of detection equipment that are used to detect whether or not we've got some enemy coming in over the border from this planet are the same ones that is going to be detecting wherever these alien craft come from. And so by saying how they were able to detect that, they might be giving away some sort of other classified information. Yeah, and in fact, I have no problem with a lot of UFO uh, reports being classified because I can see where UFOs seen while combat troops are on missions, we should not have access to those cases. I mean, I know there's this big push for disclosure and all that sort of stuff, but military sightings, I can see where we would not have the right to see those. We could put troops in danger if they, you know, that they're on a mission in a particular uh, location that they shouldn't be. I can see where some cases just should be classified. I think that's uh, uh, to expect uh, a lot of UFO information to be declassified 
uh, is, is pretty unrealistic. But then again, how are they going to get it out to us? If there were a way to get it out to us, how could it be done then in a way that would satisfy the skeptics? Unless we have, of course, say a, a craft to, that can be looked at. But even then, if they got their hands on one of those, they'd have their, that kind of technology would be as classified above even their most classified technology that they've already got. So uh, what are the chances of us ever seeing something material, even if they do get it? That's a really good, a good point. I mean, it's true. I know people are still trying to find you know, documents related to Roswell. If there really was a crash and it was covered up, you know, those documents, you're never going to find them, period. They're, they're just not going to be found. If they haven't been shredded, there's one copy, one binder, you know, locked in a, a room in Wright-Patterson or some other base, and, and that's it. You're just never going to get access to those. So to say that, you know, we're going to get the, the documents uh, released that prove things once and for all, uh, I don't think that's reasonable. I, I, I don't see that happening. So we have Gene, Randall, and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack, focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. The FBI is investigating the attack on a Pittsburgh synagogue that left 11 people dead as a hate crime. Bob Jones, the head of the FBI field office in Pittsburgh, says the mass shooting is heinous. This is the most horrific crime scene I've seen in 22 years with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Members of the Tree of Life Synagogue conducting a peaceful service in their place of worship were brutally murdered by a gunman targeting them simply because of their faith. Pittsburgh Public Safety Director Wendell Hisrich says law enforcement was quick to the scene. Multiple agencies responded to this incident, and without their courage, this tragedy would have been far worse. Those include numerous state, county, and federal agencies, as well as neighboring EMS services, along with the city of Pittsburgh. You're listening to USA Radio News. Attention! Sorry I'm talking a little loud because I want to reach people with a hearing problem. 
Do you want to hear better for just $299? Yes, not thousands, but for $299. You can hear all the sounds you've been missing for years. Hearing Help Express has been helping people hear better, selling top quality hearing aids for over 30 years. Now is your best chance to hear better with hearing aids for $299 with our free 45-day home trial offer. And you don't even need to leave your home or get a hearing test. Call now to start your free 45-day risk-free home trial offer. All it takes is a free hearing consultation. Learn how Hearing Help Express can improve the quality of your life with better hearing. Call now. 800-516-7448. 800-516-7448. That's 800-516-7448. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 44055. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 44055. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 44055. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Fake news. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, we see so much of it. I mean, people say, oh, well, the hoaxes are in the minority, but when... How many fake YouTube videos are there? Thousands? I mean, it's no lot. The fake videos are hoaxes. If I see another video from Secure Team 10, I'm just going to, you know, throw my laptop out the window because it's just, you just don't need that sort of thing. I, I, I mean, there certainly are thousands of them. Um, and we have been including YouTube videos in the Canadian UFO survey for a number of years now because, I mean, people will take videos of something and upload it. And, and, you know, that's how they make their reports. Um, so, uh, you know, we are including that, but I mean, some of the stuff that's produced by the obvious, uh, you know, hoax YouTube sites and channels are pretty obvious. I mean, it's, it's there are no brainers in, in, uh, in, in a lot of that stuff. What's really interesting is, uh, you know, if you get a report from somebody who really doesn't post a lot, and they say, you know, I've, I've never posted anything before. And me and my partner were driving along and we saw this. I pulled out my camera and this thing was right there. I took the video and I posted it. I have no idea what this was. Those are the interesting cases. And uh, if the person is willing to be interviewed, and this is one of the unfortunate things because people are posting anonymously uh, quite a bit and you really can't track them down for further questioning to try and get more details. 
But if they are willing to be uh, interviewed uh, and they're willing to come forward with, with more details and you can, you know, if it's possible to go with them to where it happened and look at the site and so forth, um, you can do some pretty decent investigations and get a lot of information. I mean, we have some fairly good ideas of what a proper UFO investigation should look like. I hope that the standards and the the detail of the investigations that are being done by groups like the TTSA or ATIP or OFSA or whatever um, are of that caliber. Because if it's just sort of arm-waving arguments, it's not really useful to me. I want to know you know what? When did it happen? Well, you know how long was this thing seen in the sky? What direction was it? How do you know it wasn't a plane? How do you know it wasn't a drone? Can you compare it to anything? There's a whole series of things. Uh, I mean, you know, the MUFON uh, investigators uh, checklist is goes on for pages and pages. And I've seen some versions of other organizations that go through the weather at the time and. The people's grandmother's maiden names and you know there's it goes on forever in terms of detail some of which might be interesting in fact one of the biggest problems with ufo data is you don't know what's important is it important that the moon was in the sky at the time is it important that you know the wind was blowing from the northeast uh, you know what is is it important that the witness was you know within 10 kilometers of a nuclear plant what is important uh, in all of this? I mean, there uh, is it, what's his name, Wheats or Weens, who collects the UFO cases from water uh, that are over water or in water. Um, interesting, very, very interesting uh, subset. Um, and is a UFO report, you know, of a UFO seen over a lake different in any way from a UFO seen over uh, a mountain or a field? And what are the characteristics and why should it be different? There's a lot of questions that could be asked. And uh, a lot of investigation uh, details that that are needed. And it's something that uh, I see lacking greatly in ufology today. And uh, it's too bad because uh, there's so much that could be done. But as you mentioned, Randall, that, you know, we just don't have the funds. We don't have the resources. We simply can't do that uh, ourselves. In fact, in, in Canada, we're lucky to have one UFO investigator per province, if that. Uh, so one UFO investigator covering the size of, uh, you know, or an area the size of, let's say, Texas, that certainly doesn't work. Um, you know, we, uh, we'd love to have more people, but uh, we just don't have the resources. You're also part of uh, Winnipeg Paranormal. So you're not just interested in UFOs. You're actually connected with uh, a group of people that look into other strange phenomena as well. Can you tell us a bit about that? Sure. Um, when I started investigating back in the 70s, and yes, I, I've been doing this a long, long time, uh, people would come up, come up to me after a, a talk or a presentation and they say, you know, I didn't see a UFO, but, you know, I was in my living room and I thought that the, I saw this ghostly figure walk by the, the hallway and that night I heard that my grandmother died and, you know, things like that. But they would offer these things and people were telling me about Sasquatch reports and lake monster sightings and, and all, all sorts of strange phenomena. So I started out as a true Fortean. Um, in fact, my first um, book uh, that was published uh, on natural history it covers all types of Fortean phenomena. 
And I, I, it just became a little bit too overbearing that there's just, I mean, the UFO subset by itself is, is so large, I, I can't keep up with it. So to cover all the other ones, I, I, you know, I, I tend to, to have to refer them to other people. But for some time, uh, I was going into haunted houses and attending seances and out on lakes looking for lake monsters and tromping around the bush with uh, uh, hunters who swore that they had seen Sasquatch and, and so forth. You know, I, I've kept up my interest. Uh, I have quite a good collection of, uh, of you know, hauntings and, and uh, ghost sightings and things like that in Canada. As a matter of fact, on Halloween, uh, I've been asked to uh, give a presentation um, about spooky places in uh, uh, in Canada. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on the, the PowerPoint for that one. But, yeah, I, I started out like that. Uh, and when Winnipeg, the, the Winnipeg Paranormal Group started up, uh, they asked me, uh, as a good paranormal group should, uh, they did their research and looked into who might have been investigating and, and studying uh, paranormal phenomena and hauntings before they were they came they came around, um, and uh, uh, asked me for some advice. And I worked with them, uh, setting up some things and gave them some ideas. And I went out with them. Uh, uh, on some uh, on some haunting investigations, and you know, to see all the technology. Because back uh, when I started, and I'm sounding like my own grandpa now, but you know, back when I started, we didn't have any of these fancy devices, you know. <laughs> but sure, you know, it, it's it was interesting to do, and I still uh, am an advisor for the group. Uh, uh, yeah, know, some I, of them are are there. They seem to be quite a range here. That we've got of, of ages. We've got some some young people, and then some more seasoned people, and more experienced people like yourself. How how do you like working with the younger people? It's good. Although I have to tell you that you know the the uh, the issue with the younger people is that they don't have the experience in in knowing previous history. You know, I'll, I'll have somebody you know, for example, say, "Hey, you know." Uh, we have this great case, and you know it's in this particular house, and uh, uh, it sounds really good. And I said, oh, "Well, yeah, we looked into that case, you know, 20 years ago, and uh, this is what we found." You know, if they get uh, a little ahead of themselves sometime without doing their research, and I understand the enthusiasm. I mean, there's a paracon that I usually go to uh, in Minnesota every year. I didn't go this year. Yes, we'll find out what he does, how he gets there, and it's not by UFO, no. Chris Rutkowski is not flying to Minnesota and back on a UFO or even a Stargate. You know, neighbors, the Paracast is not the only thing we do here. Of course, we have the other radio show, the Tech Night Out Live. But we also offer a special feature called Paracast Plus. The Paracast Plus is a special subscription service where we also offer the After the Paracast podcast. What's that? Well, it can be a wrap-up show. It can be a continuation of the regular episode of the Paracast. And that happens more often these days where a guest will stick around for us for another 30, 40, 50 minutes of more chatter. Like, for example, this week, Chris Rutkowski will return for After the Paracast. You also get a version of this show free of the network ads copied right off the master recording for the best quality. To learn more about it, just check out plus.theparacast.com. Once again, that's plus.theparacast.com. Chris Rutkowski, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in. The Paracast. 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. 
Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day. Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind that is here to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com now to find out more. That's GCNLife.com and start your day off with an open mind. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Minnesota, huh? Minnesota, Minnesota Paracon. First time I went there, Stan Friedman was speaking. Um, They had uh, some of the cast members from Walking Dead. I mean, it was a huge par. They had five thousand people at this thing. It was just, just amazing. And it's in literally the middle of nowhere. It's like equidistant between Fargo and Grand Forks, um, and uh, it's it's very strange, very very strange. But, um, you know, they had interest in UFOs and uh, paranormal phenomena. And uh, that, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, Lauren Coleman, the uh, cryptozoologist, the Sasquatch hunter, was. Uh, uh, was speaking there as well. And there is overlap. I mean, there's a, a case that I recall uh, here in Manitoba where uh, a couple had seen a, a very large UFO. They described it as a Ferris wheel in the sky, uh, you know, something very, very uh, saucer shaped with lights all, all around the edge and spokes and so forth. When I went to talk to them, uh, it sort of said as part of the investigation, well, did anything else strange ever been seen around here? And they said, oh, yeah, it's the funniest thing. You know, uh, there was a uh, Sasquatch uh, report uh, the, the same night that we saw this. And I went and, and talked, and it was about 10 miles away that somebody had seen a Sasquatch. Uh, you know, they're sitting on their porch facing some uh, some woods, and a Sasquatch sort of walked out of the woods into the light and walked out again. Uh, you know, there is this overlap, and what's curious is where that occurred it was only a matter of 20 miles or so from a, a very haunted location where spook lights um, uh, were often seen. So you get these these overlaps, and that really suggests that uh, the various kinds of phenomena are related to each other somehow. And I'm not sure how. Um, it could be complete coincidence because we know that sightings of UFOs are related to population. You know, when trees are falling in the forest, you need somebody to hear them. So if a UFO is in the sky, you need someone to be in, in the area to see it, to report it. I suspect the same is true of Sasquatch and, and ghosts and so forth. So it, it could be could be simply coincidence rather than uh, and some of the books that I've seen recently that that Bigfoot are uh, the alien pets that aliens uh, let out of their saucers when they land. And I you know I I don't see the, the connection as strongly as that, but you know it's it's interesting to speculate. That's for sure. Yeah, we had. Um professor paul kingsbury on the show not long ago and uh that's really good interview there and he also tends to think that there is this overlap and a a possible connection between all of the different phenomena uh if if we were to say allow ourselves to go out on a limb a bit what would be your sort of favorite pet theory as to what we're dealing with in terms of all of the phenomena well, if we could put it together somehow, yeah. I mean, we've we've got aliens, we've got 
cryptids, we've got portals, we've got uh, levitation, we've got psychic phenomena. Is there mm-hmm. is there a way it could all be put together into a working theory that makes any sense at all? Yeah, I had a great conversation with Paul at, at uh, I think it was a move, no, at the International UFO Congress. Uh, you know, he's been doing some fascinating work. And I look forward to seeing more of his, uh, his work. Uh, but he approaches it from a sociological and a religious standpoint. And if I was going to be connecting all the types of phenomena, I'd have to say something along those lines that each of the types of phenomena are very humanistic, very personal, very intimate. A UFO is seen by somebody and it may transform his or her life. A person sees a, a ghost or experiences a haunting um, and it's important to them and makes a profound impact on them. Uh, somebody stumbles upon a, a clearing and sees a, a Sasquatch walk across uh, the, the clearing. It's an experience. And this is why we have, you know, instead of abductees, now we have people calling themselves experiencers. So I think we're talking about personal experiences and the way that combines all these things together is that, uh, you know, it's something that that a person can have happen to them. And whether it comes from inside their their mind uh, through their perceptual uh, abilities and all their senses or there's something physically there and i would i think paul would argue it doesn't really matter because it's more about the uh, the phenomenon itself that uh, you know these things have an effect on people and perhaps there's some subconscious effects and and so forth so i'd have to lean in the direction of uh, of a personal experience rather than a, a physical phenomena. Again, I tend to be a, a doubting Thomas. You know, I know all, all the arguments why there shouldn't be Sasquatch running around Minnesota and uh, why lake mon- there shouldn't be any lake monsters in some of the isolated freshwater lakes and, and things like that. So I don't know if, uh, if these things are, are real or uh, something else that people are misperceiving, but the desire to have these phenomena experienced by people is very very strong and i know sociologists and psychologists um share this idea in the sense that i've i've said this before that if there isn't a physical phenomenon there's at the very least a psychological or a sociological phenomenon and in any one of those cases it should be studied methodologically and scientifically because there's a lot of really good information that can be gained by looking at these phenomena with uh, with a really good stoic eye. So right, uh, Kingsbury's, a, I think he's a cultural geographer. Geographer, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he you know, he's looking at the the way that that these reports and relate to the people, mm-hmm. and the way the people relate to where they are in in re- with respect not only to the physical geography but the culture itself and i think you make a really great point there that there is a lot of connections to be made there that are worthy of study in their own right absolutely and and paul's thesis like his doctoral thesis is interesting and most people don't know that uh doctoral theses on ufos and and cryptids and so forth are being written all the time in fact uh, i saw one list uh, or a spreadsheet that included hundreds, literally hundreds of doctoral and master's theses about UFOs. So it's not really that there's an invisible college because it's not that invisible. Uh, there are people studying the UFO phenomenon and other 14 phenomena all the time and getting published, doing scientific research. So right. 
Yeah, uh, I ran across one from Australia not long ago. They had gotten their PhD in ufology. Yeah. I think that their main thing was some sort of psychology, but still, you know, they were able to get that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of really good work done. And most people aren't aware of this. They think, oh, UFOs, it's all crackpots and whatnot. But there's some good scientific work. I mean, I had a my own little version of an invisible college when I was doing my research um, on UFOs uh, during my undergraduate years. Um, my uh, master's thesis advisors, you know, uh, would talk with me. They would say, what's new in the UFO uh, scene? Do you want to talk about this? And, uh, you know, what are your theories and what are the cases? They were fascinated with this sort of thing. You know, I had people in the uh, physics department um, offering to test some of the, uh, the, uh, the radioactive material found at UFO sites. I mean, the, the interest is there, not necessarily for them to publish it, but, you know, if I'm going to publish things and talk about them publicly, I, I need to back them up scientifically. And, you know, there's a lot of science going on. I, uh, I actually received a, a citation from a university for my um, public education about UFOs. And, uh, you know, it was, it was very surprising because, you know, that, that's, uh, you know, they don't hear a lot about honors like that. And I don't think I'm the only one who gets that type of citation. Well, how, how did that happen exactly? Um, well, there, there are service awards uh, and education awards. Uh, and I was nominated by somebody. I actually, to this day, don't know who nominated me. But when I was presented with the, the award and, uh, you know, at, at the podium in front of everybody, I... They read out the citation, and it was something along the lines of, you know, uh, Chris Rakowski for his outstanding work in educating the public about uh, astronomy and strange phenomena such as UFOs. And, uh, you know, I, I was, it was a great honor. It was, it was when, what, when was this? This was, I'm thinking 10 years ago now. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. That's, yeah. that's really great to hear. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, you were, last I heard, you were actually working at the university there as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I still am. Yeah. Yeah. That's fabulous. Yeah. And and I, I'm 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 gonna let the cat out of the bag a little bit here, but I just received an inquiry from another university. Um uh, inquiring if I was interested in donating my papers. <laughs> Excellent. Somebody here feels that you're not long for this world. Uh, yeah. And therefore, yeah, it's sometimes high time. Right. Well, you know, they have already posted my UFO magazine from the 70s and 80s online. So maybe they figure I'm about to leave also. But I am also a wee bit older than you. We've got more to come with Chris Rutkowski, J. Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great 
T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts UP77 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting UP77 to 88988. That's UP77 to 88988. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't you share a birth date, not a year, obviously, because he's a lot older with Paul Simon? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Actually, I really have no idea. What's your birthday? Um, it falls on October 13th. So lucky. Okay, let us look. Let's do this live, folks, okay? Okay. Paul yeah. Simon. All right. And where is he? He's October 13th. Look at that. Can't tell the two of us apart, usually. Well, I think the <laughs> height difference... How tall are you? Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, I'm, I'm six, uh, six feet and some, so yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. But if you, you put are, him on a box... Well, I always thought that Art Garfunkel was very tall. He's like 5'10", because Paul Simon is 5'3". He's 77 years old. Holy and, hell. And he doesn't look a day over 300. <laughs> and he's still going. Hey, and you know, you were talking about your... your uh, uh, magazine online i have to give a shout out to isaac coy he's a researcher in england his project has been to put uh ufo journals magazines and uh, ufo zines online for everybody to read and afu in um, in sweden uh sweden norway anyway wherever they are uh they've been scanning uh and making pdfs of all these uh, issues and it's not just the mufon journal but it's you know obscure things like the lumia d'Ennui from france and j- small newsletters uh from ufo organizations that are long gone in massachusetts and um australian news newsletters about ufos and things like that and i i hear some you know the the numbers are staggering but it's something like you know, 80,000, 90,000 issues of various UFO newsletters and magazines that are now available online for people to look at and peruse. It's just wonderful to preserve that type of uh, knowledge and discussion is absolutely essential to UFO research. And uh, uh, it's something I applaud uh, uh, greatly because 
again, you know, a lot of people come into the field or maybe all they've seen uh, are some things on TV. They've seen X-Files or whatnot. Uh, when the, uh, the version of Blue Book appears on TV starting in January, a new generation will say, hey, I want to look into more UFO cases. And as I understand it, the TV show is going to include a new uh, case every, uh, every uh, uh, show. So, you know, we'll be getting some new cases as well as some, uh, uh, you know, older archived cases. And I think people are going to be fascinated and they're going to want to know more. And, you know, without knowing a lot of the history, people are going to be floundering. You know, they're going to say, gee, I wonder if any, anybody's died, you know, seeing a UFO or encountering a UFO. Or has anybody been burned? Or have there ever been UFOs in China? And have kids ever seen them? And so forth. And, you know, where do you start educating people about the UFO phenomenon? Uh, it's, uh, it's quite a challenge because a lot of the books that are available in bookstores uh, are schlock and uh, uh, they have inaccurate information or uh, stuff that's actually made up, uh, wild speculation. So, you know, where do you go? Uh, what do you do to, to inform people about the UFO phenomenon? Certainly one good place is the Paracast. But uh, there's certainly other places that that uh, be very useful to tell people to to look and uh, and seek information. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was building my library, sifting through all the used books at the secondhand bookshop, and and so I've got a whole bunch of classic UFO books from guys like Edwards from way back in the day, and those were pretty good, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. Nowadays. Everybody goes onto the computer, and it is just filled with misinformation and hoaxes, and you can't tell what is worth listening to or worth watching or, or worth investigating. I, it's almost a waste of time. I, I start sifting through it myself, and after about 20 minutes, I just go, why am I bothering? <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned Ruppelt. I mean, how many UFO investigators today or UFO hunters have ever even read Ruppelt? Yeah, that should be required reading. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you bring up something here which is interesting because it comes to the fact that people enter UFO research and they get interested and they don't understand the history and they repeat the same mistakes. And this I see, for example, when we had the story of the Pentagon study last year. Mm -hmm. And people say, oh, at last they're treating UFOs seriously and look at this and look at that. And I said, go online. (laughs) spend time online look at the blue book records from the late 40s and 50s look at all the sightings on there obviously isaac coy has arranged to scan lots of publications there's a wealth of information and if some of these people would go look at that maybe they'd have a more realistic perspective and i think that's a big problem right now the fact that it's the repeating of history making the same mistakes it's like we never go anywhere. Yeah. Right. Gene, we had uh, Red Pill Junkie on just uh, recently, and he made the, the point about how badly Tom DeLong's interview went because he was making the same bad mistakes. And, and we were saying, well, look, you know, I think a group like that would do well to have a seasoned ufologist on their team to alert them to these pitfalls and these traps that people get into. And yet they don't really have anyone with that kind of extensive knowledge and history that they should, right? 
Absolutely, and and you know the the I, I also I, didn't I see something from Tom DeLong? I think he posted a photo of a, a Billy Meyer flying saucer or something like that, and it, it just does so much to undermine the potential good work that his organization could be doing. So, how do we go about it then, as civilians? Do you, do you think that there's enough of us out here who can all work together to in a unified manner to try to? to make this something better for the average citizen who's curious or go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are a few attempts like that. I mean, the, the um, scientific coalition for ufology um, is a, uh, an attempt to do that. Um, a, a number of other groups are, are trying to do this. I mean, you know, I mentioned Koi, but there's other organizations that are trying to collect the information and do some scientific stuff uh, in, in a decent kind of manner. You know, there are ways of doing it, um, getting some of the, you know, the, the better minds uh, involved. You know, I, I really, well, one of the things about uh, abductees and contactees that are the big problem for me is that a lot of what I'm hearing today was said so much better in the 1950s. You look at the 1950s versions of contactees and about, you know, how the aliens were trying to uh, raise our consciousness and awareness and we're supposed to be kind to each other and stop nuclear testing and and stop war and you know live in peace and harmony well that's that's from the 1950s and if i'm hearing it again today uh it just means that the people haven't really progressed very much in that regard uh and again it's a an example of why we have to stay away from what's been said already and try something new i mean Back in the ooh, 80s, I guess, new ufology uh, emerged. And this was the time of Jenny Randalls and uh, uh, Shuttlewood and people like that. It was coming out of England and it was uh, so radical. And this was the first attempts to talk about UFOs in terms of dimensional portals and, you know, higher thought consciousness and this sort of thing. And, you know, the nuts and bolts stuff had been the primary driver uh, up until that point and new ufology just freaked everybody out well to us it's old hat now because it's existed and it's coming through another revival and uh you know i'm, I'm still seeing nuts and bolts ufology pushed uh in in a lot of forums but at the same time you don't want to go too far the other way i mean um I, I I say that, uh, you know, it's good to have an open mind, but not so open that your brains fall out. And there's a lot of gray matter on the sidewalk that you have to step over. Oh, so, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I try and encourage people to keep an open mind, but you don't have to believe and accept absolutely everything. Uh, and so when I go into a bookstore today and I see some stuff that is really nutty, and I'm thinking, these are the books that are on the Amazon bestseller list, for God's sakes. Listen, folks, Amazon came out with its financials today, and they were disappointing. So maybe it's because of those poor selling UFO books. No, it's not. We've got Chris Witkowski, <laughs> Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 44055. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 44055. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 44055. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Broadcasting to over a 1,000 radio stations, GCN programming is in all of the largest markets. A GCN advertising career could be the business opportunity you've been waiting for. Companies need hardworking representatives just like you to handle their needs, while you earn residual income which can last for years. Companies are buying and they need you. Email advertise at GCNlive.com or call 877-996-4327. That's 877-996-4327. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So you see what I could do here? I could blame Amazon for the state of UFO books. It's Amazon's fault. Jeff Bezos is so busy. Working on the Washington Post. No, he keeps the hands off of that. Just making up stories. Go ahead, please. Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of stories out there. And uh, that's all part of the, 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 the beauty of it in its own way, though, if you're able to separate the two. Mm-hmm. Like we had a real good start about you know, the cultural aspect of some of this stuff. And if you're able to separate all that out objectively and say, okay, well, yeah, we've got some real fringe ufology out here, but let's just catalog it as fringe ufology because it makes up some of the most colorful, interesting stuff in and of itself. Yeah, and it may attract more people to the field as long as the people are able to say, yeah, that's fringe ufology, but this other stuff over here is the stuff I'm really interested in. People often ask me, how do you get into ufology today? How do, I, how do you do the research? What, what should I take at university that will allow me to be a ufologist? That's an interesting question. And I usually steer them into astronomy, even though there's no reason why astronomers should have anything to do with UFOs, because UFOs are something that's in a close environment to us. You can talk about aliens, certainly, but the, the UFO reports themselves, they occur in, uh, you know, just outside our front door, hovering over our houses and so forth. Astronomers don't rightly have anything to do uh, with ufology. I would say maybe meteorologists, because you'd be able to sort out uh, weather phenomena from UFOs. I point people into in the direction of psychology to understand, you know, what, what would we do if we see a UFO? Sociology to appreciate the cultural phenomena. And I've had a lot of fun uh, with kids uh, in uh, science fairs where uh, one of the projects is usually called something along the lines of invent an alien, where you say, okay, your project is imagine there's an alien Uh, living on, oh, let's say, Pluto. How does that alien eat? What does it eat? How does it get around? How does it communicate? What does it look like? Does it have two legs, 10 legs, no legs? Um, Does it need a hundred eyes to see to gather all the light? Does it need one big eye? What would it eat? How would it fly around? Or is it just staying in one spot? And through a a discussion and an instructive um, introspection on what an alien would be like, you learn an awful lot about what we're like. For example, why do we have two legs instead of three? Uh, Why two eyes? And why are those eyes so high above the ground when you really need them close to your feet so you don't trip over something in the dark? You know, that type of thing. Uh, Why can't we fly? If you start thinking about uh, this, about, you know, who we are and how we got here, it naturally evolves into, is it possible there are aliens out there somewhere else? And would they look like us? Would they move like us? How did we get here? Therefore, it's possible that somebody is out there too. There's a lot of good science that can be taught by teaching about UFOs. And I've done some workshops with science teachers on this very topic because kids want to know. They're, they see the stuff on TV. They see Marvel and DC superheroes all the time and what life is like on other planets. 
um, well, you know, is it possible that we could live on other planets? How would we breathe and, and so forth? So if you start by getting kids hooked on the, the idea of UFOs and aliens, you can teach some really, really good science. And I'm, it's, for me, it's sad that um, you know, the science curriculum doesn't include a lot more about speculating on, on aliens and the, the human condition. Yeah, I think you make some really, really great points there because often science can be really boring for young people. But if they're interested in it already, because maybe someone they know has seen a UFO or they saw a program that inspired them to think about it, well, yeah, you can use that to segue into a whole variety of really interesting subject matter. Yeah. In the 70s, when I was getting into this, I. I wanted to read as much about UFOs as possible, and there weren't a lot of UFO magazines back then, but there were enough that I could, you know, get a bunch. And there used to be, and I looked into the historical stuff, I wanted to read some back issues of things. And there was an, um, a magazine at one time called Flying Saucers, which used to be Flying Saucers from Other Worlds, which used to be Other Worlds um, pulp science fiction stories. So I got a hold of some of these, and uh, I noted in the back they had a classified section. And uh, one of the ads in the classifieds in the other world science fiction magazine was an ad for uh, a local science fiction society to where close, like literally just a few streets away from where I was living. And now, now this magazine was a pulp, so it was published in the in the fifties. And here I was in the in the late seventies, and I wondered if this still existed. So I got in touch just by the address, uh, went to the person's house, and sure enough, the club still existed the Winnipeg Science Fiction Society, and uh, I talked with the uh, librarian, and uh, lo and behold, sure enough, he had back issues of all these pulps with uh, with flying saucers. This is how I got into, you know, reading the amazing stories about the Darrows and the Taros and uh, Ray Palmer and all the great uh, historical flying saucers. I remember Lemuria uh, that were part of ufology back in the 40s and 50s. I was invited to attend one of the meetings of the Science Fiction Society. And uh, I did. And when I was being introduced, uh, the librarian said, well, this is Chris Rakowski. You know, he's into UFOs and he investigates and all this sort of stuff. And the entire group, there was a, a dozen or two of them uh, there. They were laughing and say, oh, we don't want the, somebody like that. He's crazy. You know, I mean, he's interested in flying saucers. And as everyone knows, <laughs> flying saucers are, are nothing more than science fiction. And they looked at each other and said, oh, you're right. You know, you can join. No problem. Uh, so... <laughs> Again, that's how I, I got involved in, uh, uh, you know, in the cultural aspects of uh, the UFO phenomenon. And some of those people who were involved in science fiction, in the science fiction society, went on to become physicists at major universities around North America. Um, and because they were interested in science, their, I, their minds were, um, you know, blown away by stuff that was happening in physics, but they were reading about it in science fiction uh, magazines and novels, and the idea that aliens really might exist i mean although you know arthur clark and and isaac asimov both were proponents of science and and science fiction uh, but they would have nothing to do with ufos for them it was you know it was you know sorry pardon the pun alien to the concept of of science fiction you know and why is that i don't know you'd think that ufos would be rife for studying by uh, science fiction writers and uh, and experts so um, I, I don't know well, I'll tell you this before we get to our next segment. I ran to very much the same thing, very much the same thing back in the 1950s and 60s. So I was a teenager in Brooklyn, New York. 
I guess through the 60s, I put out a small UFO magazine. And I wanted to have a science fiction story in every issue, a couple of pages, a serialized story. And the problem we had is that people would not even consider it. Are you daring to talk about UFOs and science fiction? There was also, I forget his name, but there was a UFO researcher from Morristown, New Jersey, back in the 1950s, who went through the same thing, trying to integrate UFOs and science fiction didn't happen. But in the 60s, I met Otto Bender, the guy who created Supergirl and everything, and he wrote about UFOs and he wrote science fiction, and nobody complained. More to come with Chris, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. A deadly mass shooting at a synagogue in Pittsburgh. Wendell Hisrich is emergency management chief with the city. There were 11 fatalities as a result of the shooting incident. There were no children. There were additionally six injuries to include four of the police officers. Officials say the gunman, Robert Bowers, has a history of anti-Semitic posts on social media. He was arrested and taken to the hospital. David Zubik is a bishop in Pittsburgh. It's going to touch this entire community simply because violence uh, is going to rock the foundation of our lives, but it also causes everybody to be worried, could I be the next victim? President Trump is condemning the attack. The vile, hate-filled poison of anti-Semitism must be condemned and confronted everywhere and anywhere it appears. You're listening to USA Radio News. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 
Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-399-6392. 1-800-399-6392. That's 1-800-399-6392. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Can you imagine, folks, if Chris Rutkowski did a host show of the Paracast with that voice? <laughs> yes, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most fun things I've ever done is uh, there's a group in Canada that does uh, live radio shows. Uh, and they get some of the old radio scripts of The Shadow and, and uh, things like that. You know, Radio Men from Mars and, and wondrous, you know, serials and things like that. And we, we sit on stage uh, with a complete Foley uh, set uh, and a guy with us. And we just read the uh, the shows on uh, before a live audience. And boy, is it a lot of fun. And I did, as a matter of fact, do Ming the Merciless for, uh, for one entire uh, show like that. So you never know. That sounds like a whole lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. We get those old radio shows here on the QR77 network late at night, often before the Coast to Coast comes on. And it's like it's like going back in time, listening to them. I'm a night hawk, and so I'll put them on. And it's just like, wow, this is, must be what it was like back in the 40s and 50s. But yeah. I think both you guys make a really good point about sci-fi and the skepticism, especially you, Chris, when you mentioned Clark. Because he was really skeptical about UFOs, but he was also a really good science fiction writer. Mm -hmm. So people who were into sci-fi would want to emulate that same level of science fiction ability while probably taking on that same skepticism towards the reality of UFOs. I had never considered that before when, when it came to the actual authors themselves. But yeah, good point with Clark. Yeah, he is actually uh, holds the patent or held the patent for uh, geosynchronous satellites. I mean, he knew his science too, and um, uh, you know, again, 
And to have somebody who's, you know, so knowledgeable about science uh, to reject UFOs out of hand like that, well, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, another perfect example. I mean, I had a chance to talk with him uh, a few years ago. And here's somebody who, uh, like, uh, like Carl Sagan, ve- very good science advocate, but uh, the concept of UFOs, completely foreign. Like, and, and uh, you know, setting up straw man arguments why we shouldn't talk about UFOs at all. You know, and it's, it's disappointing, but it comes from the education system, too, in that uh, if you're told that UFOs are nonsense, you're going to believe that UFOs are nonsense. And uh, that's why, as I say, we're living in the Steven Spielberg generation where kids are saying, yeah, but, you know, there might be aliens out there because I see them on TV all the time. And is it possible that they actually look like that? So it's uh, for me. There's there's a lot of uh, richness that uh, is certainly possible to uh, to educate kids in in science. Yeah, you'd think Neil deGrasse Tyson would have evolved a little bit uh, from the days of of Sagan, because if he really knew his history about Sagan, Sagan was involved on both sides of the USO debate back in the fifties. At the onset of the modern era, he actually defended the idea that some UFOs could be extraterrestrial visitors. Yeah, and in 1966, he was a member of the O'Brien Committee, and he was also known as, which was also known as the the Scientific Advisory Board Ad Hoc Committee to Review Project Blue Book, but he recommended that there should be university-based study groups for it. What Sagan ran into was this bureaucracy back then, one of them being Edward Condon, who actually threatened to sort of excommunicate him from the scientific uh, social circle there if he didn't back off on his views about it. So Sagan kind of went underground and said, well, maybe I can change this from the inside out and became an astrobiologist and a really, really good one. I mean, he completely debunked the idea that Venus was an inhabited world, for example. Yeah. But and, you, you would think to DeGrasse Tyson, who actually did the follow, you know, the remake of Cosmos, might have caught on to that and thought, well, maybe people are a little bit more enlightened now and lightened up a bit about it. Yeah. And, you know, Sagan, uh, one of my absolute uh, favorite books and one that I strongly recommend ufologists take a look at was uh, the book that Sagan wrote with uh, uh, Igor Shlavsky, uh, Intelligent Life in the Universe, which was actually a textbook. In, uh, in one of my astronomy uh, classes in university, uh, in which they really went uh, in, in great detail about, uh, you know, the possibility of uh, life evolving in other worlds and could they travel between stars. And they had, I think they had a little chapter or section in there about UFOs that was relatively positive. So, yeah, it's interesting how, how uh, the, the scientific viewpoint evolves uh, one way or another. And I'm very fascinated to see, too, even though paranormal phenomena and UFOs um, are frowned upon, and I think uh, even some have been tossed out of uh, the TED Talks. I just saw Ben Mesrich's TED Talk about UFOs. And, uh, no I was way. Just, I because, was, yeah. I was floored by that because, you know, um, when um, uh, somebody actually asked me to, you know, to try and do a, or get, or prove a, or, or to, to get accepted to do a TED Talk, and I was told flat out, you know, you can't do a TED Talk about UFOs or paranormal phenomena, because was it, was it Putoff himself who did the TED Talk that was yanked from the, the TED site? I can't remember now. But to hear Ben Mesrich do a TED Talk about UFOs, like, like where did that come from? <laughs> Very interesting. Yes, definitely. 
I mean, that's a huge shift for them to be able to open up to that. Absolutely. Yeah. And could open up a little bit more. I mean, Ben did a good presentation. I did, don't agree with a lot of the stuff that was in his book, but, you know, heck, you know, he had, he presented it really well and, and it was uh, well accepted by the, the audience. So yeah, well, more power to him. Yeah, well, I mean, you need somebody to square off against Shermer. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure Shermer's done TED Talks where he talks about belief in UFOs and essentially relegates it all into the realm of nonsense. Absolutely. Not to say that there isn't nonsense out there, but, uh, you know, let's focus on some of the more interesting stuff. Uh, you know, and I, I think that's probably the idea behind you know, saying, you know, TED Talk uh, people saying we don't want that sort of thing. They're worried that, uh, you know, somebody will come by and just uh, spout a bunch of nonsense. But, you know, I've seen some really bad TED Talks, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next thing you know, they'll have people up there talking about uh, how our political systems are all infiltrated with lizard aliens or something like that. Yeah. You know, look yeah, at the old David Icke thing. We saw evidence of that in Supergirl last week, where we learned that the president of the United States, who once was considered to be Wonder Woman, was actually an alien, a shape-shifting alien. Well, and, and I can go one up on you on that one. Somebody, obviously not a fan, uh, has created a YouTube video uh, of me on uh, one of my TV appearances uh, with close-up and zooming in on uh, my face showing proof that i am a lizard alien myself um it's on are YouTube. you about to re- wait a minute folks is this going to be the first this is it ref- this is, it comes somebody i mean you can't argue with that somebody's done this uh, on youtube and proves it beyond a shadow of a doubt so it must be true so that therefore not- youtube wait a minute wait a minute i mean we have a youtube channel that's pretty much authentic so yeah. i would assume but it's just episodes of the Powercast. okay so let's think about this here we're going to have a revelation about the true identity of you chris yeah it must be true i mean uh, i admit that i i worked for the government for department of defense so there's there's a there's a you know a check mark there there's uh somebody who produced a youtube video that shows that i'm a reptilian uh you know yeah i i i think all the points all the signs are there that uh maybe i really am ming the merciless (laughs) <laughs> and you're saying all of this in jest, of course, for anyone else. Wait a minute, else wait there. a minute, this is not, wait a minute, Randall, please settle down. This is not in jest, he's telling you something serious. Because it's on YouTube, Facebook, and or Twitter, and possibly even Instagram, anything they say is true. I mean, we have one of our regular posters on the Powercast, they created a whole new fake identity for him on Facebook. Somebody impersonating him, and Facebook doesn't care. They want to sell ads, so we have a couple of extra fake people. Big deal. Chris, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com 
slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. When you use public Wi-Fi, hackers and identity thieves can see anything you do online. Embarrassing photos, your web history, even your passwords. That's why I use private internet access to encrypt my internet connection for less than 10 cents a day. Sign up now at privateinternetaccess.com and in just a few minutes, you'll be browsing anonymously and only sharing what you want to share. Privateinternetaccess.com. It's time to protect your online privacy. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know they're good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? So we're talking about fake people here. Now we're talking about real stuff. Well, and I, I, I wrote something, and it's in um, the Reframing the Debate book, uh, as a matter of fact, where I, 
I uh, show that we're in the age of metamodernism. Uh, you know, we, you've heard that, you know, the, uh, the, the modern modernism, there's postmodernism, and there's metamodernism. And if you look up the definition, uh, what it is, it basically says anything goes. There's no such thing as an ultimate expert. I'm as, as relevant as the other person, and my statement is as valid as anybody else. When you look about what's happening in culture and in society uh, and in the news today, uh, it does seem to be where we are, where truth is very malleable, where fake news is uh, as real as anything else. And in terms of ufology, I think we're in the metamodernistic age of ufology, too, where, you know, if somebody says that uh, they were contacted by space aliens who downloaded information and insight and how to uh, create a, a self-perpetual or a perpetual motion machine or something like that. Um, they're believed, and there's, they speak at conferences all the time, and uh, appear on uh, on TV and videos and so forth. And you know, uh, and then you have people who are out there in the field investigating cases, uh, uh, you know, reported by uh, witnesses of you know saucer type craft with landing gear and you know m- you know material left behind and so forth. Uh, now, which is the fake news? Uh, is any story more relevant or more? real than the other story and in this age of metamodernism in our society and since ufology is within our society you know we're firmly entrenched in all of that as well well i i think the ufology the field or the community is probably just as guilty of that uh, as the media because as soon as everyone tries to get together into a unified force in order to solve the problem that means abandoning their own little turf, you know, piece of turf that they've got, and their view might contradict with someone else's view. And so long as it's separate, they can do like you were saying. They can say, well, you know, my opinion is just as valid as your opinion because we don't have any proof that it's any other way. Well, and yeah, and in, in ufology, you can't go to a university, you know, and I, I hear you that somebody did a PhD thesis on ufology and they, they graduated, but you can't really go and get a degree in ufology. You, you, you know, you can't do that. You can get degrees in astronomy and engineering and uh, space science and so forth. So you, there's no real expert in ufology. I mean, somebody would, this point was raised with somebody who said, you know, after the death of uh, Alan Hynek, who speaks for ufology? Is it Valet? Is it Gene? Is it uh, Stan Friedman? You know, who speaks for ufology today? Who's the authority? And, you know, we've, you know, when Alan was alive, you know, he was the go-to guy. But now, who is it? Who is the ultimate authority in ufology? Who is the expert? Can you get experts anymore in ufology? Because the field is so diverse. There's so much happening. It's very interesting because uh, I, I really don't know. Who do you believe? You know, you bring up something here that goes back 30 years. He died in the 1980s. Yep. And the only thing we're going to see about Dr. J. Allen Hynek is that he is going to be an action hero in that TV series produced by Robert Zemeckis. They have some Irish actor pretending to be J. Allen Hynek as the action hero. I wonder if he's also going to do martial arts. He's going to fight <laughs> with the aliens next. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but he doesn't have his pipe, so it won't look as cool. They better give him a pipe in one of the episodes, or maybe that's the season two where he gets the pipe, I don't know. 
So where are we going with this, all of this then, Chris? I mean, obviously, you're doing a really good job, at least in, in my humble opinion. <laughs> and I think Gene would agree. We've got some good people in the field. QFOS doesn't talk a lot, but we've still got Michael Swords there working for them, who uh, we, we wanted to get him on the show. And he simply will not come out on any show and talk about UFOs. He's sworn them off ages ago, according to well, Rodiger. Well, I, I sympathize with them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, where, do we, where are we going? How do we move on from here? As you know, I'm, uh, I'm involved in UFO updates now with the passing of Earl Bruce Knapp a number of years ago. Uh, I was asked to uh, take over the mantle of running the, the Facebook group. Not the same as the mailing list, which really got into some fascinating discussions. And I know Earl really tried to have the flavor of that in Facebook. Uh, and I just received a comment today that, you know, even the Facebook group just, just doesn't cut it. The discussion isn't there anymore. As a matter of fact, just today, I, you know, uh, made a point of opening discussion uh, on the UFO Updates Facebook group and saying, what do you want to talk about? I did a little poll, um, offered some questions, some starting points. I'd like to see discussion really be enhanced a little bit more among ufologists from diverse opinions and uh, uh, try and get the, the details out there to the people who are newbies who are starting out and they don't know where to turn. Uh, let's you know guide them in a, the, you know some pretty decent directions. Let's get people involved in investigation and research and historical data and gathering of UFO reports. There's a lot of information out there. We just have to get people involved. Yeah, when we had uh, Kingsbury on, we were talking about, well, which direction would it take if we were to take it into academia? And of course, there's a lot of pushback from the science faculty. And I don't think ufology is suitable for the sciences personally. And he tended to agree. We both came to the conclusion that the humanities is a far more apt faculty for it to exist in because of all the cultural aspect of it. Most of ufology is about the culture and the people that are involved and the stories that are told. The smallest part about it is actually about the actual physical evidence because there is so very little of it. Right. As I mentioned, you know, the uh, UFO investigators don't investigate UFOs because the UFO is long gone. You're actually investigating the witness's interpretation of what was seen, unless in a very rare case there's something left behind, which is few and far between. Yeah, absolutely. You're studying the witness, uh, the, the testimony, the stories. Uh, and that's why at one point I, I became a member of the Folklore Studies Association, because the mythology of ufology is quite profound. It's the stories that we're focusing on. And, uh, you know, there's some truth in there somewhere, but, you know, by golly, it's it's part of a, a cultural phenomenon, if anything. And that might be a road to get it in to academic acceptance, where we could then catalog all of the fringe stuff accordingly. Then if we did get some sort of material evidence that could be analyzed scientifically by a materials scientist, for example, then we could send it over to the science faculty and let them deal with it at arm's length on their own terms. Yeah, great, great idea. I would endorse that completely. There, we've solved the problem there, Gene. How's that? You know, it's very good. I always enjoy the fact that we can just sit here together on the Paracast and resolve the world's entire problems right here in a couple of three hours. We can do it. <laughs> you know, People would is, only listen. Yeah. In any case, Chris Fritkowski, 
Tell our listeners if they want to know more about the things you do, including the incredible revelation that you are a reptilian in disguise. Where do they go? <laughs> well, you can go to my uh, blog, which is uforum.blogspot.com, U-F-O-R-U-M.blogspot.com. If you want to know about the UFO reports in Canada, it's survey.canadianuforeport.com. There's statistics on there, and we've just recently put the entire database uh, available for people to look at. Find your uh, favorite UFO sites and uh, take a look. USI, what is that all about, Randall? That's that's Ufology Society International at ufopages.com. You see, this guy always does a quick pitch. I love it because we can do a long pitch. You'll find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. Look for two Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. Look for the After the Paracast podcast. And Chris Rutkowski will return this week on After the Paracast. Available exclusively to members of the Paracast Plus. You also get a version of this show with better quality audio. Direct from the master recording. How about that? Free of the network ads that the people on YouTube keep complaining about. That's how you get it. It's a modest subscription fee, $1.49 a week. Cheap, $4.99 a month. We also have five-year and lifetime subscriptions. And that gives you free stuff. Free stuff. Plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. We enjoy Chris Witkowski always when he joins us. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>